All right. So we're here. We've got another week. Far and away with uh, some good thoughts. Episode 39. We got John here. I'm, I'm not going to say your last name. Go ahead, man. Paraffinic. Paraffinic. All right. Episode 39. You came on a little slow, but I'm going to bring the yeah, energy now. Yeah, go ahead. There you it's go. It's okay. So this is Life As We Know It podcast, episode 39, and we have John Paraphrenic, which I went to boot camp with seven years ago, and I have not seen him since. So thanks for coming on the show. Thanks, man. It's good to be here. Um, you want to know one of my fondest memories of you is? I don't know if you, do you think I, do you, all right, so in boot camp, I just I don't know what you did. But you did something. I just remember you had to scream, no sweat, no sweat, just doing my 10%. You know, you know what I had to do was sit there and say, better you than me for like... That's what it was. <laughs> for, for like the entire day. <laughs> Dude, I remember that shit. That shit was funny as fuck, but uh, I got in trouble. Do you remember when I had to do party time? Like I was the one of the dudes that got it, was dancing and had everybody get fucked up. Mm-hmm. What was it? I um, me and this like, oh, what the fuck was his name? This like short little guy. We were like doing the party boy in the in the shower room, and a drill instructor from like across the barracks saw us. And next thing you know, we're on the like all online, and they're like, "Who the fuck were the dancers?" And then I have to raise my hand, and the next thing you know, getting blasted. It's a hurricane in there, but um. Dude, so how have you been? Obviously, last time I saw you were in boot camp, and then there's been seven years. How's life been treating you? Um, pretty good. I have a wife and a baby, all things that I mm-hmm. did not expect at this point in my life. Damn. Yeah. Um, but it, it's going well. I, I like where things are at. Well, are you happy? Yeah. That's I good. am. So, obviously, Life As We Know a podcast is about highlighting perspective right and like the different aspects of life and hearing everybody's different kinds of views so i always like having someone on here who has had kids and that are married because me and pat are single bachelors and i think sometimes we get stuck in that way of thinking of being single yeah so that actually the good way to go with this conversation is so you weren't expecting to be here at this point in your life but you are Mm -hmm. nonetheless um does it feel right? Does it feel like things kind of just, I don't know, because I feel like I'm kind of play, I play defense. Like I play defense when somebody's getting close. I like elbow, you know what I'm saying? Like get right. them out of there real fast. So um, obviously you let somebody in and you had kids with them or a kid with them, probably, mm-hmm. you know, building a family and stuff like that. So I don't know. I've been going through like this revelation of not letting people get close to me. So, you know, I condemn you for that. That means you're just a pussy. Oh, shit, dude. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> well, how, now, long, how long did you date your, uh, your girl before you married her? Uh, crazy thing is, I knew her since middle school. Oh, shit. Okay. Um, but it was one of those things, we were just friends. I, you know, She was attractive, and I would always make inappropriate passes at her. Yeah. Never went anywhere until, um, you know, it just happened to be her birthday, we both were single, and it just, you know, we were drinking, yeah. things happened, we started hanging out, and it just developed from there. Wait, so you were trying beforehand, and it never worked? Well, not necessarily trying, but she was like a good friend I had, and I was always just like, hey, yeah. what's, what's going on? What's up, yeah. Um, 
and she was always like, "Okay, you're my friend. We're not mm. we're not doing this." And it was always I was usually with someone, she was usually with someone, but we we always remained friends and in contact. And then um, her birthday came up. She was single. I was single. Yeah. We had some drinks, and then it just kind of went from there. See, I always wonder, like, because we're both in sales, so I'm always thinking, like, sometimes with the girls. Like, well, with sales, you get faced with a rejection. You just don't take no as an answer, right? And you kind of just keep following up, following up, trying to build enough value until you get the sale. And I've been like, sometimes I look at girls in the same perspective where it's like, okay, I got shot down. Yeah, I just got to keep following up and build up value. And I'm always like, well, at what point am I just being a creep? You know what I'm talking about? Do you ever think like that? Uh, I mean, I like the chase. That's actually kind of what keeps me going is, is the idea of the chase. So like if I know so I can get somebody, then that's not f- fun to me. Yeah, I guess boring. Way, you know what I'm saying? I, that could be boring to me. Um, ask that question again. What you just said? Like, is as far as pursuing a girl, you know, like, it's for yeah. Sure. Like where do you, where do you where do you cut where do you draw the line? Yeah. I mean, if somebody can make me want to chase after them that bad, then they're doing something right because it's hard for me to, you know over chase if you want to call it that like i'll put a little bit of effort in but to over chase and where it's creepy and stuff um i draw the line when i find myself just wasting my time like what am i doing with this and then i kind of put it in my head that i'm like well i'm just gonna not show them attention and it's gonna work into my favor Hmm. yeah if there's no like give and take if it's all just me me me, and clearly they're like no, it's like okay, fuck off. Yeah. yeah. But if it's someone that's like they're like, oh, no, you know, just kind of being coy, yeah. then it's like oh, I'm gonna be persistent. Yeah. yeah. Well, I always like asking married people, how did you know it was time to propose? Um, because we've talked about relationships and love probably like ninety percent of the episodes. For some reason, it always comes up, and it's always like this mystical unicorn. And I feel like when people get married, though, they they have a sense of, like, security when they obviously propose. And, like, for me, I'm always like, how do they? Like, you're not going to get bored. Like, my thing is, like, am I not going to get bored of this person? Like, that's a big thing that I worry about, to be honest with you. I'm like, well, things, you know, things can be good for a while. And then eventually it's just like, I don't know. It's like a car. You know, like shit, shit gets boring once you get comfortable. Once you just say, okay, this is my wife. This is my life. But you can't. You can't live with that perspective it has to be like once you find someone that you feel like is a genuine partner and someone that it's like from a from a hip-hop sense you're ride or die bitch yeah mm-hmm. you know <laughs> once you find someone like that that's like supportive of what you want to do and is like encouraging of you and you you see them and you're like i want to see this person be successful they're cool and it becomes yeah. a partnership and it's not just like here's my wife here's this and then you both are on your own journey of trying to learn and develop yourself and you're encouraging encouraging each other along the way so it's not just like we're in a rut it's like as long as i'm always pushing her to grow she's pushing me to grow it never becomes this boring stagnant yeah. thing that we're stuck in right you know i like that because i've always looked at <clears throat> like what love should be is like a mutual commitment towards each other's intellectual spiritual and physical growth and I guess that's in a way, though, because obviously like with marriage or like your partner, you're trying to be, you know, like one, your team. And so like, how would you describe going from being single and obviously you only have 
like for me, like I only worry about my own aspirations, my own ambitions, and that's pretty much what I do. But now, obviously, when you get married, you're bringing it in someone else's entire world, and you want them to also be successful. So as far as like, do you get more stressed out? Do you think? Um, yes and no. Mm-hmm. It's like a give and take kind of thing. Like if it's bad for one of you, maybe the other one can kind of compensate and pick, like help the other one rise up, sort of thing. Yeah, because you have your struggles of, you know, if they're going through some stuff, you're going through some stuff, essentially. And um, it, it really comes down to communicating because not if your partner's going through something or they had something happen at work and they don't tell you, but they come home and they're just being a dickhead. It, it's, you know, just prying and being like, what's what is this? Like, what's going on? And then once they talk and say, here's what's happening. And then you can kind of have that rapport with one another of. It, it takes time. The beginning mm-hmm. of um, our relationship and marriage wasn't, you know, smooth and awesome and uh, it's beautiful honeymoon because yeah. I, I had a shit ton of learning to do because I wasn't someone, like I said, I didn't see myself in in a married kind of right. spot, but it just, it felt right, but there was a lot of learning along the way. What was the learning mostly re- like revolving around? Um, being more selfless, not having to just care about myself. Um being being more intuitive with what's going on with her what she's feeling what her thoughts are Mm -hmm. um and and really just kind of i don't know not not being so selfish and focused on being Mm -hmm. a a single guy and doing what i want to do and and that aspect of it was was difficult Hmm. would you say like do you feel like you miss any things from being single Sure, there, there's times where it's like, I just want to get drunk, play video games, and yeah. not give a fuck about anything else. But there's also the the balance of knowing that I've got someone to, who's got my back all the time. Yeah. You know, never never having to worry about that. Because, you know, there are some situations where you, you might be with somebody, and it's someone, when you're with them, there's not a lot of, like, comfort or, or certainty. Mm-hmm. But I found someone that I have certainty with, and so... Having that certainty now is yeah. really it, it's cool. It's cool. How long have you guys been married? Not not that long since September of last year, but we've been together almost five years now. And living together too. Yeah. yeah. Damn. Is it five years? Almost. Yeah. So obviously, you guys are on this journey together. We're on our journey. Not me and Pat as one because we're not gay. Whatever you say. <laughs> no, it doesn't sound like that. Thanks for clarifying, bud. But like, um, you know, how, how's how's life treating you, man? Like, what are you what are you what are you doing right now? Like, right now, because obviously I, I, have, I know nothing really about you at all. <laughs> yeah, I know you from like a half hour ago. So, <laughs> um, so right now I work at USAA doing okay. insurance. Um. Aside from that, as far as, you know, who I am, um, I, I like to be creative. I like to do, um, you know, poetry. Um, mm-hmm. I like to, I'm, I'm trying to learn guitar. I'm trying to be, trying to be around more creative people. And that yeah. was actually one of the reasons I had reached out to you is I have some friends that are, you know, kind of creative, but they just get, allow themselves to be sucked in this vacuum of like your, your cell phone and your fucking video games. And yeah. it's like. It's like people with potential, but don't don't do shit yeah, and just want to be wanna, proactive about it. Yeah, and just are are complacent, you know. Yeah, I guess the one thing I like about creativity, I guess, 
that really makes me fond out of it. And I, even the, this podcast too, is, is it's a way or a tool to express yourself, right? So the podcast is great because we're just using, you know, conversation and we're expressing our thoughts and minds and giving it something tangible. With music, you know, you can write a song and you're putting all your emotions into a feeling and expressing it that way. So I know how you feel, especially with music, because I haven't been able to find a lot of people that play music around here and finding that creative niche, I guess you could say. Because it is, I, I feel like if I don't express myself or uh, when I express myself, it's therapeutic for like my soul. In the way, oh yeah, people need that. And one of the things, it's not even like I'm saying I'm I want to be a, a a big star. Or I want to be. It's like I just want an outlet, and I want somebody that's like not just looking like put down your phone and let let's yeah. let's be connected. Let's do something, you mm-hmm. know. And I've been struggling to find people like that that are willing yeah. to like. One one thing I did, let me tell you, I turned my phone all black and white. Whoa! Like everything you do. Like your Facebook, everything's black and white. Huh. And sometimes it's annoying. And it's like, and sometimes I will switch it back. If like my sister sends me a picture, like, okay, I want to see what your kids look like in real life. Yeah. yeah. But but from another aspect, it, it makes my phone so boring. It's just this yeah. great, it's like a tool now. It's like, huh. uh, you, you have know, your can, phone on you right now? Yeah. I, see it? I know you know you yeah, can do that. Yeah, me neither. That's interesting. Well, the thing is they bury the settings. So wow. Everything's gray. Like no matter where you go, it's gray. And <laughs> I never thought wow, about doing that. Dude, that changes everything. I did that because I was I was reading the shit about there. There's a company that mostly works with Facebooks that has studied the way your brain responds neurologically to to color and sound, so uh-huh. to stimuli, and they they work that into their apps. Like they have neuroscientists that are working and helping people develop mm-hmm. these apps so they're attractive to your eye. And so that's why, like I was noticing myself always drawn to my phone. Like I was hanging out with my son and he's, you know, playing and it was just like, I just kept coming back to it. Like mm-hmm. I'd put it down and be like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be engaged with him. And then all of a sudden I'm just like, I'm yeah. on my phone again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, you don't even realize it until like, you right. sounds like you're pretty self-aware. Well, it, a lot of it happened from him. Like he'd run over and like bring a car and go like, like do something adorable and it would like snap me out of it. I'm like, yeah. oh, there's this cute kid here like trying to make car sounds to me. Mm-hmm. And it would, and I'd catch myself like he do that and I'd be like, I'm on my phone again. Like he just, and yeah. so just having that, um, it, it. So how long, how long has your phone been like that for? Um, it's been about six weeks now. Yeah. yeah. How much less have you been on it? Uh, a hell of a lot less. Yeah. See what's crazy though is like obviously that is like, impact like there is impact on it because just him showing me that like blew my mind yeah just just seeing that it's almost like looking at it i mean in retrospect like a newspaper kind of in a way yeah it becomes very it's boring boring and bland it's crazy to think how much colors actually play into yeah oh how much your attention is drawn to it it plays a a huge amount and one thing they do with their apps too is you know your your content's not that old it it's they call it the slot machine effect you pull down Mm -hmm. on your newsfeed and that's what refreshes it but you pull down just like a slot machine and all of a sudden it makes this little sound and then all of a sudden you have all this brand new content. Yeah. But when I was looking through my Facebook, I realized it's about, the more you use it, the more you like stuff. They have an algorithm that says, yeah. you know, you like this and it, it slowly narrows it down. And I wasn't looking at who the content was coming from. And once I started paying attention to that, it's only about five, six people that you see stuff that 
It just says so and so like this, so and so shared this, so and so. But it's all the same five people, and it's Facebook used to be cool, like it was a, a means of staying in touch with like friends and family yeah. and someone someone you hadn't seen in seven years. I've been your Facebook friend for five oh. six years. You know, what? Yeah. I haven't seen any of your stuff come up except randomly it'll like yeah. it'll come through, and that's because you and I obviously didn't like the same things, and it hasn't narrowed us down yeah. to. The, it's the same five people and the same advertisements. Yeah, no, I'm the same, I got the same way. I ran into that with Instagram actually. Like, like I, I do. I'm big into fitness. Like looking up fitness profiles, I start following all these people, and then any like any of my actual friends or those they don't show up on the feed. Like all there'll be ten pictures or ten posts, and nine of them will be from you know from all the fitness stuff. So like I you know I had to get rid of them. Versus how it used to be in the past, where it's just like in the order things were posted. Like, mm-hmm, okay, mm-hmm. this is the newest stuff. Like, and I get it; they did it as a monetary thing for advertisements and stuff like that. But you know what's crazy? It's that with that being gray, it makes the world more colorful. And with that having color, and you get sucked into those colors, it, it makes the world more gray. It's true. The colors in your phone are are more vibrant than they can be in real life. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that like like the the red in your phone, a real life red could never achieve that could be that vibrant. Yeah, it's you like know? when you so, watch um, what's those documentary like the the planet Earth the planet Earth ones. Yeah. It's like that shit looks better on TV than what well, the world life. looks better through your phone. Like I I see it on Snapchat all the time. It's people Snapchatting other people Snapchatting at like a concert or a bar. And it's nobody is actually yeah. there in that moment. It's yeah. just one person Snapchatting, a bunch of other people Snapchatting their drink, yeah. and everyone's just watching the world through their phone. Like no one is, not a one yeah. person is there. Yeah. Or even at concerts, like someone's like woo, and then you just see a field of phones recording the concert. Yeah. Like, and you're missing the actual act. You're just like, nice. Everybody gets to see where I'm at right now, or I'm right. eat, I'm eating this right now, like. Versus actually Nobody being cares. able to appre- versus being able to appreciate actually what is in front of mm-hmm. you, right? That's kind of like why I think when you said it's like finding friends that are like into creativity. I, well, I guess creativity is not the word, but I guess connection, like things that have means of connecting, like your soul and like expressing yourself, because it does bring in that aspect where you disregard that color and you bring out like the the color of life. I don't know, like I don't want to sound like being corny, but no, no, I get it. You it's, know what I mean? You you get, like, you and someone sitting down to work on a piece of music or, or whatever it may be, That that's, like, you're creating a bond there, like, because you have to be vulnerable when, you're, when yeah. you're wanting to express yourself, whatever way it may be, even if it's a situation like this where you're just sitting down talking, you have to allow yourself to be vulnerable. Yeah. But when it's somebody you're, you're only seeing through Facebook or through their Snapchat or through, you know, I meeting up on video games, it's like, you you're never vulnerable and you don't that that's really what i think i'm missing is that connection of just people being genuine people being vulnerable and people being mm-hmm. you know real well that's one reason why i really like doing the podcast because it is you know we try to take, keep the episodes around an hour but it's one hour where i put my phone down i don't look at it except for seeing checking the time and starting out like if you listen to our first 20 episodes shit it's like us learning how to you know use rhetoric learning how to use our ears and actually pay attention to everything that's coming out of your mouth and instead of just reacting to what you're saying and yeah. always trying to think about what I'm saying next I want to actually like hear what you're saying 
put my brain power into it and critically think of what I'm going to respond to and make sure it coincides so we can actually connect where you understand where my feet have been and I understand where your feet have been. That would be like the actual goal of trying to listen to someone where I feel like a lot of the times, you know, when you're just talking to people, it's very, very superficial. And I feel like with the distractions like cell phones and social media like that, it very becomes, um, uh, well, the thing is what's, what's, it, superficial, it, I guess I could yeah, say. It, for, it forces you to become engaged in, uh, in the conversation because it's easy to, let's say I just started, like he just went on that rant. You could have took something he took from the first five or 10 seconds of that rant and missed out on the whole entire rest of it just because you're caught up on that one thing versus like hearing somebody's full thought come through it's kind of like when you're you know we used to go through like classes if you're like if you have any questions wait till the end because your question making answered throughout um versus just like jumping on the first thing that somebody says at the beginning of whatever they're getting ready to say right Mm -hmm. i feel like a lot of people too um you know going back to that just being connected and, and listening and and building some rapport with one another a lot of people too just wait for their turn to talk like they aren't they aren't yeah. listening they're just kind of there waiting for their turn to 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 speak not even going off of what you said yeah like, like i've i've had friends where it's like i'll be sitting there talking talking about something and then it's like once i'm done they just start going off about something I'm like that you did not hear what I said. <laughs> we were not even, that wasn't even right. that topic. And it's, it's a like it's a blessing and a curse because as my listening skills have increased it's like now I find myself listening to conversations where I'm like, I really wish I could just turn my brain off right now because I don't care what this person's saying. But it's actually good in a way because I've gotten myself towards like whenever somebody's trying to talk to you, they're trying to get some emotional point across to you. And if you're not willing to have an emotional connection with them when you're speaking with them, then you can't really feel for what they're trying to say. Right. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Oh, yep. Sorry. Disconnect, right? So he's, you got you got to put your phone in black and white, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be thinking about that, man. Hmm. No, I'm actually I want to try would you, that. W- would you do it? Yeah. You, you, how long do you think you can do it for? How often do you change it back? Um, just periodically, because it's something like I do want to see other things. Like if if yeah. it is like a friend I care about, I'm like, okay, I want to see what that picture really looks like. Yeah. I want to see I want to see the colors and the moment they're sharing. But the the other stuff, it's like. Well, how does it feel when you change it back? Do you do you when you change it back to color? Do you want to keep it there? Honestly, it, it's exciting. Uh, yeah, and, I and just that's, felt like that. That's a concerning thing. Is it, it's so like I see my phone in color and I'm like giddy. I'm like, oh, look, <laughs> look at all this again. Like it, it's exciting, and that's that's what like concerns me when I do that. That I'm like, well, there's definitely an addiction problem with fucking cell phones in America. No, there is. Cause my, like if I don't have my phone in my pocket, I feel vibration, like ghost vibrations in my fucking life. <laughs> and I'm like always checking my pockets. Like, Oh, there's not even a phone in there, but I thought I got a text message, but it really, no one really wants to text me anyway. So there's probably not going to be a text <laughs> message in the first place. So maybe that's just a yearning for, so what do you well, think it's going to be like, all right, like talking and we can go into that a little bit. Like, Obviously, this takes away from us having to think for ourselves a lot of the time, and it's going to continue to change. Um, I was talking to a high school teacher the other day, and I was asking him, because it's only been, I graduated high school in 2011, and that's when phones started becoming more relevant. Now it's 2018, and everybody's got a phone, and it's like, 
do the people even try to hide it under their desk anymore? Or are they just out in the open? Just yeah, I wonder what schools just, like. Just just texting away. But uh, apparently, some of these schools have like or classes they have. Everybody's got a number and a slot, and you have to put your slot in there before the the class starts or whatever the case may be. And then of course you got your people that are just bitching every single day. No, I'm not giving you my phone. No, I'm not giving you my phone. But what I'm trying to get at is like so another ten years from now, it's like people are gonna are people even gonna be able to think for themselves, or is it just gonna be? Like think about your kid as he's growing up. Like how much more, re- re- you know, relevance it's gonna be. Um, With technology. Yeah, like kids having tablets and knowing how to operate a tablet when they're three years old. It's like what the hell is going on? Yeah. <laughs> get, get into the app store. I need your password. You're like what? <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean that does trip me out and thinking because you know technology the the capability doubles every two years. Yeah. So two years they're gonna have twice this technology when you think about. When you're multiplying something by two, that grows exponentially. Because you know, two times two is not a big deal, but then it all of a sudden now it's eight, sixteen, thirty-two, and it's yeah. just blowing up from there. So that idea is concerning, and I try to take the the utopian approach to the future that it's going to be great, and we're going to have this technology that that helps us. But it, it's it's going to take an, an understanding of of what it is and how it can be used badly. And an example that we can look at currently is is the the marketing that's gone into it it's become a money machine that it, that they are intentionally building stuff that is more appealing to you that wants because the more time you spend on an app let me go back the the saying your your time is valuable it genuinely is in this aspect cuz let's take instagram for example say you spend 24 hours a week on instagram yeah and um you like fitness posts so Instagram can group you and say a million people that spend 24 hours a week. They can sell that to um, a, a nutrition company. Say, I'll, I'll let you post an ad on these million people. They are on 24 hours a week, so they're going to see your ads. And they can charge accordingly to how many people and how much time they're spending. Mm-hmm. So your, your time is truly valuable. And so, um, yeah, just, just knowing that that's the road it can take. Yeah. And recognizing where it's headed because that that's not that's not okay that they're designing it to suck you in and then selling your time to to companies that want to advertise um, I think recognizing it early is what's best and then in the future we can we can use it to our benefit because there's tons of, of plus yeah. sizes oh, of yeah, the technology absolutely but just seeing seeing it for what it is right now and just like taking a step back of like as consumers we have so much power over these companies, but people don't don't recognize that. Like mm-hmm. we shape the way these companies are, but because so many people want to just blindly stare at the phone and let it suck their time away, that time is money, and that that company that's sucking away your time, they're selling that to advertising companies. Yeah, and so I don't I, know. I think um, yes, it is important to realize what technology can do, the benefits it can do, and like the the negative effects they can have on you. And I, and I would also say that it's also very important for self-awareness, right? So for me, like as far as social media, I try, even though I do get stuck in the algorithm or the system, I guess you could say, but I do know, I mean, it's a free marketing tool for anybody to use at any time, oh, yeah. you know? So I try to keep it at that extent, even though I don't, but that's like my goal. But being aware of who I am as a person helps me know what that phone's doing to me. So always looking, like I feel like we preach a lot in the podcast where it's like always be looking inward for the answers. 
because if you know who you who you are and what you actually desire, then you can see those red flags where technology is like, oh, this is what you want. This is what you want. This is where we want you to be looking. Whereas it's like, okay, what do I need? What is my soul desire? And then obviously I can reflect that in my actions. Um, so I would say, yeah. Self awareness. I, I, I agree. Like I the idea of self awareness is so vital and hard. And, well and just thinking like when just take a general day to day problem, if if you're complaining about it someone else like if it's someone else's fault mm-hmm. that you're feeling this way or you're upset, you can't fix that problem anymore. That mm-hmm. you're you're putting all the power onto somebody else. But if if you can self identify and say, Well, I'm feeling this way because and just kind of kind of bring it back to you and realize you're in control of your own world. And yeah, one thing. Amen to that. There's this guy like um, Sam Harris. I don't know if you guys yeah, ever listen. I do. I love him. Um, but there was this one thing he said where he said, if you think you can be angry for more than just a few moments, you're wrong. He said the, the only reason if you think you can be angry for, you know, a week, a month, he's like, that's wrong because. The only reason you you stay angry or able to is you keep reminding yourself, I should be angry yeah. because I'm mad because they did this to me, they did this to me, instead of just feeling anger and then letting it go. Because if, if I say, you made, you made me mad and I take that home with me, and that's not helping me in any way. If yeah, I right. sit here the next week like, oh, he said this and this pissed me off, I want him to apologize yeah. or something, it then I can't fix it, only you can, yeah. and, and that's... Have you seen... That reminds me of uh, like the Mister Rogers. He went to like uh, like Capitol Hill, and he was trying to like get money for um, his shows. And I remember he wrote a song. I can't remember the words, but it was it's pretty much saying what you just said. It was like you are in control of your emotions. You decide whether you're going to be mad. You decide whether you're going to be sad. And when you're mad, it's up to you to realize that you're mad. But at the end of the day, it's still your emotion. You have control over it. Um, and I've been trying to keep like that, but I, and, and I think another thing you said that kind of like ties that all in is that I think this is like my theory. I would say a lot of the problems in America today, I think stem from a culture of self victimization where instead of looking inwards towards your problems, you blame every single other person, but yourself for your problems. And then. I mean, just with you us. have so much, to, you have so many options to blame your problems on too. Oh, it's yeah. so easy to it's way easier. It's so easy. to do Well, especially that. with the media saying that nothing is your fault either. Anyways, yeah, you're perfect. No, you can't do anything wrong. All right. Yeah. And since we're we're both personal trainers, I feel like I see that a lot when I'm talking to people. Like, okay, yeah, you're 45. You're over 40 percent body fat, and a lot of times the excuses they make, it's it's never been. I mean, some people are. They're, they'll be honest. It's like, you know, just they realize it's their own fault. But some people love to just blame everybody but themselves, blame all like miss weird symptoms, all kind of like diseases or kind of crazy shit. And it's just like, you know, you just need to just work and out. People, yeah, people people will build that up in their mind and feel. And like, I kind of probe a conversation sometimes and get people to. I want them to hear them say what they're saying about themselves, if you will. Um, and also make people realize that like if somebody has like one problem, like let's say this person's this person's overweight, just hypothetically speaking, they create this thing in their head that they're the only person in the whole world that's overweight and the only person that's ever been overweight and there's no way to not be overweight. Right. Mm-hmm. You know? And it's 
easy because that's being weak-minded. Like you just said, you know, you're looking out for excuses versus looking in. And I, I think you can just fix about any problem that you want if you're willing to, you know, put the time in. Yeah. Besides, if you get AIDS, you got the <laughs> Well, the the um the the self victimization that you had mentioned um, brings me back to actually my biological dad. He wasn't he wasn't super in my life growing up. Mm-hmm. I grew up with a stepdad, and I tried to maintain a relationship with my dad, but he was so everything was everyone else's fault and it it was it was exhausting and he he exemplifies what that kind of me- mentality it'll destroy you because he ended up he he died alone and it's sad to say yeah. he was he was alone when he died but it was because he pushed everyone away like i try to hang out with him because you know i get kind of some of my sarcasm from him and and that kind of stuff but when i hang out with him well yeah we, we'd have a good time and then all of a sudden he'd be like oh but your goddamn grandma did this and it was or your mom did this, your uncle did this. Your it was all never once they heard him say I like I did this, I did this, I fucked up. And if he would have just said, "Hey, I fucked up," like even though there are some circumstances, people do they they screw you over and it, it puts you in a in a situation. But how you deal with that situation is on you. Mm-hmm. You can either learn from it, you know, grow from it, or you can just sit in that rut and just blame them and not progress. Yeah. And that's what he did was he, you know, he ended up in a spot and just started blaming everyone else. And so when you do that, you, you don't fix anything. You just yeah. sit there and, and spew hate. Yeah. And then you just end up pushing away everyone and everyone until that that's it for you. It is and sad. It is. It is. And, and that like just talking about that reminded me that he just is it exemplifies that that mentality of like it's everyone else's fault. And. It, it's sad to see people in that yeah. way. Did you ever? Did you ever try and talk to him about that? Did you ever try and like see, you know, about taking ownership of things, or was it just kind of one of those conversations that just? It was one of those things. If if you try to, you then all of a sudden were on his shit list. Mm-hmm. Like I see you were saying, it was like a double edged sword. Like I'm trying yeah, to help like, you out, but like I'm trying to. I I want to have a relationship with you, but I can't if it's gonna be you're just spewing this hate. Like I want to be here, like. But he he was really far gone. He got into a lot of you know drugs that that just messed him up. And you know he would be talking about how his he ended up with he died alone in an apartment full of rocks. Yeah. He had all these rocks because he he believed that they were like pieces of like meteoroids. Mm-hmm. And then he kept trying to send them into like different geologists. And was like this is a meteor, and they'd send it back like dude these are rocks. These are just rocks mm-hmm. you found on the side of the road. But he'd always be like, no, they, they know. Like, they're they're stealing pieces of the rock. And I'm like, they're just rocks, man. Yeah. Which which actually, this does tie into uh. a funny story. Um, my One of my other brothers was living with him. And he had just started to kind of go into this rock phase. And um, he had just gotten into, like, a little fight with my brother. And we stopped on the side of the road because he said this was a great spot. A lot mm-hmm. of meteors fall here. So we got out and we look and I bring him a rock and he's like, wow. He said it was a piece of the moon I found. Wow. <laughs> right. And I was like, oh, really? Like I knew he was just, he was off his rocker, but I was like, wow. I was like, I got an eye for him. He's like, you really do? Yeah. And then my other brother who he had had a little fight with brings him a rock, looks just like mine. And he goes, that's just a rock. <laughs> <laughs> and just throws it. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. it was funny because they were both just rocks, but just in his mind he was mad yeah. at him so that that one's shit this is the moon interesting that is interesting i'm gonna bring up something because since we're talking about 
victimization to yourself. And this is a little bit about you, Pat, but I remember having a conversation with you, and I don't know if you even remember, uh, when we first were like, me and Jim were first starting to like think about moving out here. And I remember we were all, we were out drinking, and I remember I, like, you and Chris like, got in a fight with some people, like some yeah. cops got involved, uh-huh. you remember? And I remember you asked me, you're like, dude, I'm kind of putting you out there right now, by the way, so stand by, but not too much, don't worry. But I remember you asked me, you're like, why can't I catch a break? Like, no matter what I do, I can't catch a break, you know? Uh-huh. And I was just like, Pat, at the end of the day, the only person that's gonna give you a break is you, you know? And I feel like just over, you know, those these past like three years, I feel like you've definitely realized that. It's taking a lot, it's taking a lot. I've had to take a lot of personal shots, you know. And I've definitely made plenty of bad decisions in in the midst of doing so. And there's money there's multiple times that like one, I made these decisions, you know, time and time again, or whatever the or a bad decision followed by another bad decision. Afterwards, the first thing you want to do is you know, be upset or, 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 you know, feel sorry for yourself in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't really tell you what moment in time where it all started, you know, coming to perspective that I controlled my own happiness. Um, but it took so much downfall in order for me to realize that I am the sole proprietor, or pro- use the word for me. Proprietor, yeah, yeah, got it. Okay, <laughs> the sole proprietor of my own happiness, and even if your situation is shit, it doesn't mean you have to be a sad and miserable person. <laughs> if you're all the way down here, that doesn't mean you have to be fucking sad. And if you're all the way up here, that doesn't mean you're gonna be happy. Um, but I don't know. I, I like I was telling you before over this past year. Uh, since I moved out here, I've learned so it's not been the easiest year, but I've learned so much. And a lot of it has been because I've put myself in situations and I've taken ownership of when things have not went the right way. I guess that's the biggest difference is now I pay enough attention where I find myself in a situation again, where it could put me, you know, back, you know, backtrack me and just learning from things that happened before in the past. Well, if I do this, then this is going to happen and so on and so forth. So that's why I was asking about the self-awareness earlier to you because I feel like that's one of my best gifts that I've developed is a high sense of self-awareness. But with that, I'm also very hard on myself when I do make a mistake because yeah. I feel critical. like I know better. You know what I'm saying? At mm-hmm. times, I mean, if it's, I mean, we're all going to make mistakes. It happens. But if it can be prevented and it's something that I've done before in the past, that's when I really have a whole time, like a hard time biting that bullet, you know, is when I know. Yeah, it's one of those things. It's it's um, one of the mottos. So I had a brother who had gone through like AA, and he had th- their one of their mottos that they follow mm-hmm. has always stuck with me. And he had told me it when I was young, and it was um, I might not get it completely right. Is it the serenity prayer? Yeah, yeah. It's, so, it's God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. difference. Yes, I got you. That that is those things where it's like when when I've messed up and I found myself in a spot where I didn't want to be. It's just like um, it, it wasn't easy, but to learn to be like, here I am. Where do I go next? You know, mm-hmm. and to not say I could have done it differently, I should have done it differently, because I can't change that. 
Right. I'm here. I made the choice. It makes it a lot easier because how many times do you find yourself like on a Sunday night stressing about Monday morning? Like, right. you, what are you going to do about it? You're just yeah. going to create more stress. Relax. Like, think about ways that you can make like the situation better coming up. That's ironic. Yeah. I said that again. That might be the third or fourth time I've said that in like three or four episodes. Yeah. Already. What's crazy though is that it's hard. It's fucking hard because like we had this. I had this two podcast episodes ago i was freaking stressed like super stressed out over things that weren't in my control like there was nothing i could physically do at this moment to fix anything but my mind's just going stress 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 stress. i'm just tearing apart myself and so i mean we had a podcast about it because i'm like trying to get those thoughts out of it that it's like it's okay to feel this way and i my brother kind of like i was Telling them about like all the things I'm trying to do and you know my goals and I, sometimes I, I feel like I put myself in a position where I try to bite off a lot to chew at once and he's like he's like you can always try to bite off a lot he's like but there's gonna be a happy balance of just really not giving a fuck like when things happen and it doesn't go away you just don't give a fuck you care while like you're doing it but at the end of the day it just really doesn't fucking matter like for so I'll use cells for example. You know, you don't get a deal. You can be added after that deal. You didn't close the deal. You can be upset. But at the same time, you're like, oh, I don't give a fuck. Next deal. You always work, put the good work ethic in. But at the end of the day, it's like, oh, don't give a fuck. And I've been trying to do that a lot more. When like things keep piling up, I'm just like, I'll do what I can do. What, do what you can do to get things done. By the end of the day, it's like, don't really care that much. Yeah. If that makes sense. That kind of yeah. sounds. Yeah. yeah it's. I mean, it makes sense. I think the hardest, like, I've had is, like, when I've made mistakes over and over again, that's when I get real upset. But if now, like, something happens that I don't want to, like, I'll get, like, a little mad, like you said, but I'm not going to sit there and hang on to that. What I try and do when I do get mad or I'm feeling something, I try to be aware of the situation. One, why do I feel feel this way? And next time, how do you adjust it so you don't end up feeling the same way again? Um, mm-hmm. Because there's, the, the, the really, the thing comes down to being willing to change. You, and that's where you have to look in because you can make the same mistakes for 50 years and if you're not willing to change it's just going to continue to happen that way right mm-hmm. I think that's one of the things um, the the ability to change and adapt was if there's anything I took from the, the time and training I was in the Marine uh-huh. Corps or even on my drill weekends nothing is ever going to go as planned yeah like that that was the only thing that was guaranteed something's going to be messed up nothing's ever going to go as planned so I think that's one of the biggest things I took and one of the biggest things I learned was to go into my only expectation is uncertainty is that something's probably going to go wrong if it doesn't I like awesome that. but something's probably going to go wrong and I have to already go into something accepting that that it's not going to go as planned because I see a lot of people that are super type a like my stepdad is he's he's type a and if one thing isn't aligned with the plan it the day's ruined yeah right whereas me it's like Something's going to get messed up, and yeah. let's just prepare for it. That's how I've been and trying to be more, because I, I feel like I probably lean more into a type A kind of person. Yeah. But I've been trying, again, on the use cells again, where it's like I go into deals and be like, if I don't close this, it's okay. So it's like that uncertainty going in. It's like some people would say that going in with like the, the mentality, it's like no matter what, you're going to close this deal. And I think, hey, shit, if that works for you, if a, doing affirmations before going into like a big meeting or an interview, being like, you are going to kill that interview. But like for me, I know how my mind works and how my soul is. Like I like to go in an interview going, I'm going to do my best. If I don't make it and if they don't like me, it is what it is. 
Right. You know, like yeah, when you when you're going through a situation like that, I try, to <coughs> look, I, I try and look at it like you want to go in being the best you, um, but because I feel so, like but but you can't but you can't also over try. Yeah. You yeah. don't want to be you so much that you become not you. Yeah. You know? be, being genuine and authentic, I think, is the one thing that we lack a lot these days. And going back full circle with the phone and the super social media and the super superficial um, aspect of it is that a lot of time people aren't genuine and authentic as much as they could be. You know, even just like... Well, that's why... Well, I'm going to cut you off of this, but I think that's why one thing I've been changing is now whenever I'm in a situation or instead of looking for what something I can benefit from the situation, I just try and look at like how I can help somebody else because I'm finding myself being a lot happier when I help somebody else do something, whether I get anything for it or I don't, if I'm helping somebody else because I, I, just, I guess that's really a big revelation that's been changing recently is that, yeah, you control your own happiness, but if you make other people happy, you're gonna shock yourself at how happy you actually, you know, your value, your worth is, is, you know, great. How great does it feel when you get to put, you know, a smile on your wife's face or your kid's face, you know? Yeah. Uh huh. Like, and all you're doing is just being you. You know what I'm saying? And you're getting, you, you've created that, you know, mm-hmm. you know, full circle. I don't know. That's why I asked about the love thing because I have a hard time letting people get close to me. But at the same time, like on a daily basis, I see the kind of connections that I have with people. So before I'm willing to settle with somebody, like I need to know that they kind of can create that same stigma in their own in their own mind to see where I'm coming from. And that takes time of, right. of building that with somebody. Yeah, you know, but you have to be willing to to try to not. I know you said you know loving someone something you, you're yeah uneasy about. Yeah, we both but, suck at it. You gotta have, a, you gotta have a, a willingness to to try, and that doesn't necessarily mean dive all in. Here's my heart, here's my soul. But it's like, let's get to know each other. Let's see. You you need to know who somebody is, yeah. and most importantly, you need to know who you are. Yeah, that's the the biggest thing. Because because right. being in a, a a marriage or even a serious relationship, you have to give yourself to that person. Mm-hmm. But if you don't know who it is that you're giving to them. Then the the whole thing's already fucked from the get. That's huge. Yeah, that's huge. I feel like a lot of people need to hear that. And that's like, good. I definitely we've talked about like like not how you worded it, but what do we say? It's like a lot of people seek relationships, and then are like very proactive of trying to find like you know a soulmate. And someone asked me the other day, like, "Oh, are you looking for a girlfriend?" Because I'm 25, so I guess that's a, I'm supposed to be looking for a wife or something. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Well, I was like, well, I'm not proactive. I'm just like reactive." And then she's like, "What do you mean by that?" I'm like, "Well, I'm trying to be the best version of myself, and I think when I am the best version of myself, I'm gonna attract the right lady for me. So I'll react when that time comes, but I'm not proactively looking for someone because, like you said, knowing who you are and what you have to offer to someone." Is 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 key because it's again, yeah because no no it makes sense it makes real complete sense like yeah. if you're offering yourself to somebody that person has expectations of you okay this guy's genuine he'll do this he'll he'll do that I know I can benefit from this but if that person doesn't even know they can give you that then it's like it's not reassuring because that person may not be just be doing it for an extended period yeah. of time kind of putting on an act or you know it's not hard to be a good guy for X amount of time, but to right. actually genuinely be a good guy 
take some, some take some practice yeah. take some I'm effort gonna, i'm gonna use sales as an example again god damn it because <laughs> <laughs> i like I, I really do believe like everything in life is pretty much a sale um it's like if you're going after a girl that you want but you don't know who you are it's kind of like you're buying into a partnership but you're not even offering your like what your product is but i think yeah. you also have to experiment a little bit too because the more you put yourself out there, the more you're going to find out who you are. True. That's right. that's another thing. That's the other end of the spectrum. You find yourself, but you find yourself by putting yourself out there. It's yeah. Like, it's I mean, like a, that's like a little give and take kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You got to be vulnerable. You got to have, you got to have your heart broken at some point. You got to know what that feels like. And you got to, to give you perspective on what you could potentially do to someone else. You know, you got to, you got to kind of go through those things and don't go through them. You have to be vulnerable. You, you gotta, had your heart broken before? I mean, I don't know. Hmm. You, I've been through, you know, <laughs> tough, tough relationships where right. I, I was too, I was too willing, you know, when, and when I was younger, I was just like any relationship I'm in, this is it. Yeah. We're in love. But then, yeah. you know, that being living that like free love, like I love you or right from the get go you learn that that's that's not the world and you know yeah. being and being put through those relationships where it's like i'm willing to give my all right from the get-go but you don't get that in return mm-hmm. it sucks and feeling that sucks and so um th- from there going into relationships being more guarded and not wanting to feel that again um wasn't something i wanted to do so i found myself in a spot where i was just like you had mentioned, just I'm going to focus on myself yeah. and see what comes of it. And that's how I ended up with my wife now was just like, I'm not going to just wear my heart on my sleeve anymore. I'm not going to be so willing to care. I'm just going to focus on me, do my own thing. And then I ended up with, you know, someone who had been my friend for so long and it just kind of grew organically. Um, and so I think what you had mentioned is that one of the best things you can do is just be open to it when it comes, be mm-hmm. willing, be, you know, not a not afraid to just to put your emotion out there but to to focus on like we had mentioned of knowing who you are first i think i want to like backtrack to you a little bit i like everything you just said but before you went on that little rant you said be vulnerable and i think that has been over the last 12 months something that i've definitely done and what's crazy about like for example last week well my whole entire life i have been extremely insecure about singing in front of people like any like I, I don't mind playing guitar i can play guitar in front of i'm really confident about it and comfortable with it. but as far as like singing it's always been like oh can you sing us a song while you play it i'll not do it and so obviously i put up that cover of amazing grace on facebook and just but me doing that it was like yeah i put myself in in, in vulnerability because i was always scared of criticism because when i listen to myself saying i'm like critiquing the shit out of my voice and I like it drives me up the wall but once I put it out there and once everybody heard it yes I put myself in a vulnerable state but at the same time now I feel like I've actually strengthened my 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 confidence I guess my security like I don't feel vulnerable I actually feel more like durable as far as how my emotions are where when I thought I was being reserved and I was scared to put myself in a vulnerable state, I thought that was being protecting myself. But me going, acting on my vulnerabilities and my insecurities and putting myself out there to let the whole world see, it, it gave myself freedom to now 
or even just singing in the house. Like I get uncomfortable just with you and Travis at home if I have the guitar to sing. But usually I have to be home alone. But now it's like ever since I posted that, I just feel more open. And it's the same thing when we did this podcast. Like I come from a pretty religious family. My dad's a pastor. So cursing is, you know, it's not a thing in the family. And so you listen to our first podcast. We're dropping F-bombs, talking about sex, talking about everything. And But at the same time, that's that's how I talk. And that's really that really is how I talk. So... I put myself out there, let everybody in the world to just see, okay, what's Jacob Ham? How, who is he? And I put out the most authentic, genuine person I could be. And yeah, it was a vulnerable state, but now I feel like I have more freedom and I feel more impenetrable as far as like criticism and things like that. Cause I, I'm out there now. That makes sense. Well, and without doing that, the only thing you, you give yourself is uncertainty is, like you enjoy singing it's fun and like i enjoyed it it feels good to do you know it's just i feel like it's a natural thing like singing dancing it's just like part of the human spirit Mm -hmm. to just music's in you but um yeah if you aren't willing to to be vulnerable in whatever aspect it may be if it's singing or even in a relationship the only thing you have is uncertainty of okay well people don't know how you feel or people don't know you don't know if you're singing is good mm. or not which it's terrible by the way mm. I don't, <laughs> <There you no>. <laughs> <laughs> damn no no very buttery voice thanks but um no, actually but, that, that little tool down there helps me out a little good <laughs> bit it's a little helps uh filter it's like an auto mixer it helps me mm. EQ automatically so I don't have to do all the hand mixing <laughs> right yeah it makes me sound a lot better but without having do like having done that you would have just had nothing of uncertainty and then yeah. it's something you just you keep inside and there's no growth no progression from you yeah and now you said now that you've done it you feel like you're you can grow and you can progress and you can be mm-hmm. you know you can be yourself because you like to sing so it's like yeah. you feel more comfortable in your skin of who you are yeah yeah damn what do you think bud what do i think yeah i'm the one that started that whole thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just been listening. No, I, I I can totally gig it about being vulnerable and stuff. Like that's just another thing that I'm just you know that I want to work on in the future and put myself out there. I like the idea of what you said about the uncertainty. Um, I love that. I love the uncertainty, the longing. Like that's why I went in the Marines in the first place. Or packed up my stuff a year ago and just drove across here. It's just like when I don't know what's gonna happen, I find myself at my best. You know, so I try and put myself in those situations as many times as possible. But every time I do, I feel like I'm a better version of myself when I'm in those situations. Yeah. Mm. There you go. I know, I'm just thinking about like you know, I like the. I don't know why it just took me a minute, but like to click about having the mindset of looking into situations with uncertainty, like it like being, we, it being like sometimes exciting yourself about it. Yeah, like sometimes like. We 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 want to know that we have full control of a situation, like the the comfort, but we really don't. Yeah. At the end of the day, you're driving to work. You don't know if you're gonna get a flat tire. Right. You know. Um, and then if that flat tire does happen, it's like now where do you look? Do you get mad at yourself? Do you let it ruin the rest of your day, or you just take it with a grain of salt, not giving a fuck, and just push forward? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can just kind of. That's can... like the most basic example. Yeah, that, that that example being said, you could pull over on the side of the road and say there's a, a piece of metal in your tire. You can be like, okay, well, some some dumbass driving a truck, like, this must have fell out of their truck. Like, you know, screw that guy. Or you can just find somewhere, to, or you can just change your tire, go about your day. Yeah. You know, and, and 
and yeah, like, like you had said, that uncertainty is, it's all how you deal with it and just expecting it can. Now I'm going to get a flat tire tomorrow. I'm going to be pissed <laughs> off. <laughs> well, you can blame this conversation. Namaste, motherfucker. <laughs> Namaste. But I think that is where like color comes from though too. Like that uncertainty and that, that possibility of failure. Because if everything was all straightforward, kind of like when you look at a phone where it's pretty straightforward because it's an algorithm programmed designed around what you want. You'll always be happy when you open it. Yes, and, and but it's it's fake. Right. It's, it's, a, it's a fake happiness where when you truly achieve happiness, you know, there was that risk of sadness that comes along with it because of the uncertainty. So definitely making my phone go gray and black. But I'm going to test it out. Except when we make posts, though, because we do got to make podcast posts. No, and it's not something that I think is a permanent, like, do it forever solution. Yeah. But it is something that you can just, you know, do when for the majority of the time. But when there are moments like, I want to see what this actually looks like, or I want to design something that looks cool, switch it over, do your thing, but then switch it back so that way you aren't just a, a moth to the flame, you know? Yeah. Can you bring your phone back out one more time? I just want to, like, compare what it looks like side by side. Oh, got a message on Tinder. <laughs> just go to Facebook. Like, look at the differences on that, man. Facebook? Oh, yeah, hold on. Let me take a picture of this because I want to I wanna post this. As a like, that's, like, going through. I can just see yeah, how. Go, just go, just go to your Just go to your main screen. The main screen? Yeah. Like, that's a huge difference, you know? Let's just stay there. I'm trying to take a picture. Are you taking a picture? Cool. Yeah, cool. That's it's been an experiment, but all right. So we're coming up. We're coming on close, and uh, where are we at in time? We're at an hour right now. Oh, nice. Yeah. That went by pretty fast. Yeah, no, we we, we kicked through that thing. But before we we, we end this, um, you know, oh, yeah. we want you to take a minute. If there's a message, a point that you want to get across to to the world, if there's this is your time, the whole world's about to hear you. If you can give back, putting you on the spot, the world's yours. That is a huge pressure. Yeah, <laughs> I like doing this to people. <laughs> um, well, this is when your genuine self's going to come out right now. Yeah, I'm not saying I, you haven't been genuine the whole time, but from the heart. Be present. Be here. Be now. Be be with the the people you care about. Build build connections. Build build real connections. Be be you. Be yourself. And and I know that's that's a lot easier said than done. Is to just be yourself. That kind of thing. Yeah. But but. Take time. Look at yourself. Be be alone. Be comfortable being alone. Mm-hmm. Um, be comfortable in in a silent room because that that stuff being alone with just you and your thoughts is hard. And so you have to. So many people you you try to avoid it. You do whatever you can to avoid it. You you put on music. You you go on Facebook. Um, you do you do whatever it be. You because people aren't comfortable being alone with themselves, and that's. That's the biggest thing to progress is, and you can't know who you are until you're, you're okay with yourself, just hanging out with yourself. Um, so, so figure yourself out, take yeah. time, do it. I really like that because, That's good. especially with the phones too, because what's the first thing you, like anytime you get in line or you're in a waiting room, first thing you do right is sit down, pull out your phone. Pull out your phone. And it feels so awkward just to sit there without your phone. Like I've been trying to go to lunch now without bringing my phone and I'll like, when I'm waiting, just in the line for Chipotle, I'm like, what the fuck do I do? Like, I'm like just so, but I remember being a kid and being like totally chill without, like without a phone and just being like, like just looking around. Times are changing, bud. <laughs> yeah. It's so fucking weird. 
But um, all right, so that's what episode thirty nine. Yes, sir. Life as we know a podcast, and it right there, there, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff that brainwashes you. So <laughs> make sure you get on there all the time and check us out, though. So go put your phone on black and white. Luckily, our fucking uh, our. Uh, our, our logo is black and white, so that doesn't really make any effect. <laughs> so uh, tune in, guys. Thanks. Thanks, John. Thanks, John. Turn that shit off. Excuse me. I see a hat in here. Yeah.